G'day legends, welcome to the Noob Spirit Podcast and welcome back if you are a returning frother. Today's episode is all about getting ready for the Australian Spearfishing Championships this year over in WA. Uh, Tom Sandstrom invited me along as a sea anchor, I mean, I mean partner, because it's a true pairs competition. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a little bit nervous about uh, letting Tom down, so... I'm definitely trying to prepare and get prepared. One of the things we did was jump on a call with Ben Rupnick, who is the WA AUF official helping him put this thing together and pick his brain about what we need to do to prepare best for it. Another thing we're also doing that you're going to hear about in this episode is a program called Spear Ready. Basically, uh, to make the most of your spearfishing trip charter or competition, I am putting together a 50-day Spear Ready program so that I can be in the best condition to make the most of this WA comp. It's a big swim comp, shore-based, uh, and big swims for the day. I am not carrying a hell of a lot of physical conditioning because just due to my life and lifestyle, pretty busy with four kids. So this program will be 100% focused on action. And I thought since I'm doing it, why not take a whole bunch of other people along for the ride so you can become part of the beta testing group at noobspiro.com forward slash ready. Um, it's a 50-day program incorporating strength and conditioning, nutrition, dry and pull training, and everything else with a bunch of experts. I reached out to a whole bunch of legends I know, like um, Adam Stern. Uh, oh, we've got another guy coming up on the podcast soon, Jared Rosenberg, strength and conditioning coach. And we put together this program basically to get the most of out, out of our bodies and make the most of these opportunities. Sometimes they're only once in a lifetime. You really want to arrive uh, in the best possible condition that you can be. So Spear Ready, 50-day program to help you gear up. Go register, newspear.com forward slash Spear Ready. Um, also, I've got a wicked Panama spearfishing adventure uh, Zoom call planned. If you like going going on adventures with frothers in really cool parts of the world, exploring something different, shooting cool fish and hanging out with someone that just has a real, that no ego vibe, uh, you're going to want to meet my mate Robert. He's coming on the podcast very shortly, but we have a Zoom call coming up where people can jump on. Robert does a presentation of spearfishing in Panama as a destination. Heaps of actionable intel on there. That's going to be Wednesday the 13th. If you are interested in that, you can register at noobspiro.com forward slash Panama and jump in on that live call. Or if you can't make it because of the time zones or whatever, we can send you a video recording of that straight after. And uh, we're going to try and put together a Noob Spiro Panama spearfishing expedition. It's going to be pretty cool. Hey, let's get into today's interview. It's Ben Rupnick, Tom Sandstrom, WA Spearfishing Nationals. I'm going to be Tom Sanker. Here we go. The Fuck the Taxman collection is inspired for those who are chasing that prize catch only to be sharked by the taxman. Doesn't matter if you've hooked a mullet or you're fighting a PB marlin, everyone's at risk of paying tax. When it happens, we say, fuck the taxman. Lewis says, Absolutely awesome shirt. Increased my fishing abilities by plus 69%. With reviews like that, you know FTTM is legit. Use the code NoobSparo to score a free hat of your choice when you spend $100 or more at noobsparo.com forward slash taxman. Again, use that code NoobSparo to score a free hat of your choice when you spend $100 or more at noobsparo.com forward slash taxman. Booyah! Danny says, Adreno, you guys are ahead of the game. Price is very competitive, customer service is fantastic, speed of delivery from your warehouse is the best I've ever experienced, and everything I have purchased was in stock. Great experience, highly recommend these guys for anything to do with what happens and what you need to get under the water. That review from Danny, check him out at adreno.com.au. These guys do a fantastic job 
outfitting Noob Spiros from all over, particularly Australia. But check them out at adreno.com.au. You can save $20 on every purchase over $200. Not only can you use it online, but you can also use it in-store. They've got two stores in Brisbane. They've got Gold Coast, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth. Check them out. They are doing good things. Adreno.com.au. Are you US-based? Looking for freediving, spearfishing gear? Neptonics is the best. Their online website so easy to use. If you've got any questions, Jerry and the team answer questions via phone, email. Anyway, they've got an easy contact form on the site. Uh, these guys are absolute legends. And uh, if they sell it, they believe in it, they back it, they use it themselves. It's tough gear that works. Visit neptonics.com. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10% on any order at neptonics.com. That's right. Use the code NOOB10, N-O-O-B-10 on your next order. Save 10% at neptonics.com. He's from the Tweed originally, and he is working for Adreno in WA now. I think he's been over there for a few years now. He's fairly knowledgeable, and he is the Western Australian representative for their AUF um, and playing a big part in organising nationals. And I think the club scene over there is a little bit slow but they're definitely picking things up. So, All right. We're going to just start the podcast off right there. Tom, I'm sensing a fair amount of awkwardness. Um, I'm joined by legendary Coffs Coast Spiro, Tom Sandstrom. Tom regularly comes out and and helps teach some spearfishing courses with me. Since I've dropped my beard, Tom doesn't know quite where to look. He's he's struggling to make eye contact. Is it the beard, Tom? Well... You did it in front of your child. Why wouldn't you do it in front of me? <laughs> oh, even my wife at the moment, she doesn't know how to look at me either. So you're not alone, no, man. You're, you're a good-looking young lad at the moment. Oh, I've got to grow that beard back 20, there, man. I look- 28 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Um, all right, Tom, we're going to the Nationals in WA next year. We are competing in a pairs comp. You, for some reason, invited me to buddy up with you. I think it was more out of charity uh, than anything else. I think maybe you wanted uh, like a, a really solid uh, alibi for coming last in the comp. No, I, I, uh, I just enjoy a good challenge. <laughs> I just wanted to carry around a big, heavy float. So why did you invite me? Um, oh, just been enjoying our time together. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, it's... It, it, it's um. Like it's it's not always for everyone, but I I think since I've been involved with comps a little bit, it's one thousand percent increased my spearfishing ability. And I think yeah, it, they do get bad reps here and there among the community, but I think they um, drastically improve your spearfishing ability. Mm. Um, and I just I just think it's good for everyone to at least try. Um, not to mention we're going to WA and Bert, the legend, the old man blue, is going to hook us up. Oh, I should have and, got him on this chat as well. He's uh, no, he, I spoke to him this morning and they've punched it north. But apparently the fads are tasty at the moment. So We're going to have trip. an absolute blast for that part of the trip. The the For me, like, we're going over and we're in this comp and I'm going to – I'm already feeling like imposter syndrome about it. Um, but we're, what one thing we're going to do is we're going to do the spear-ready program. Um, which is like, funnily enough, it's like I'm finally getting my butt together and designing like a 50-day program to get people ready to make the most of a spearfishing charter or a spearfishing competition, as is the case with us. We're doing a shore-based swim comp. So 
and all of the guys that seem to be good at this are absolute weapons. They might not look like it, but in the water, it's a different story. Um, mm. I, f- I feel like if I didn't do some pre-training, I would be incredibly underdone. And I've done it over and over again. I've gone, like I had that opportunity, the Three Kings in New Zealand. I get over there. I've got a brand new five mil wetsuit. Hadn't been doing much diving. We're diving in these big up and down, like swell coming off these, you know, Jurassic Park looking rocks in the middle of nowhere. And here's me just flat out diving down to eight meters. That's 20 something feet for our American crew and being absolutely pathetic with a 40 second breath hold. And, you know, trips like that make you turn around and go, that's not me. I can do better than this. Like, you know, and when you go from having like some decent diving fitness to then, you know, maybe having a quiet year or two because of family and whatever, health, et cetera, et cetera, work, whatever. And then you go back out there and realize how pathetic you are. It's it's quite disheartening. I think a lot of especially, people. Yeah, especially out. after the time and money investment. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money, a lot of time, and you you just want to make the most of this shit. That's so like for me, spear ready is about, you know, having 50 days to intentionally train towards bringing my best on game day kind of thing. Um, Adam Sellers was telling me what well, it sounds like the preseason. And I kind of think it is, you know, from a from a rugby point of view. So well, we, we, yeah, you speak to all the all the top divers that you've spoken to on the podcast. They all harp on about how they prepare for trips because they want to be at their best. So yeah, hmm. it just makes sense. I reached out to a whole bunch of them. Um, I got, I think, I got ten on board so far that are all filming videos and helping me design the program. Oh, unreal! So, so basically, um, the format's going to be good, better, best, right? So, because sometimes, like you just flat out and you can't do what you want to do, but you need to like some training is like 80% better than no training. And if yeah. you want the full hundred percent benefits of a, of a decent training, then you want to go for best, but good is like 80% of the result. Better is like probably like 90% of the result and best is, you know, hundred percent of the, the best you can bring really on those trips. So the basically on a Sunday you get an email, sorry, from the start. You get an email and it's got a whole bunch of videos talking about it's got there's a there's a video on nutrition. So how you're going to maybe prepare your body best in terms of what food, whether you want to lose weight or whatever, these are all up to you. But it's just some general ideas around nutrition. There's a strength and conditioning package, which is two 45-minute sessions a week for the duration. Um, there's gonna be dry training and pool training and if you can't get into a pool or you can't get into the ocean and actually go spearfishing, then dry training is your only option. Um, so that'll be kind of good. Better will be a mix of dry and uh, pool or ocean training. And then best will be a lot more pool training with maybe one or two sort of dry training sessions. And then, so between all of that and then a bit of stretching, uh, I think we're going to put together something like fairly dynamic and practical, but you know what I'm like, Tom, it's all about being yeah. action- actionable. Actionable information. Yeah. And and most of us don't have time to do that all the time. But and when we can set aside a little time frame to prepare for an event or a trip or whatever it is, yeah, that'll be awesome. It'd be super handy. So hopefully you and I can catch up and do a bit of a video thing because you're gonna do the program with me, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, we can, for sure. We can crash test dummy it maybe with a bunch of people that want to sign up. If if guys yeah. are interested, because um I think we're gonna launch the sucker like first of March. Um, so there's a few weeks yet, even after the release of this potty. So if you're keen on signing up at uh, at a really discounted rate for our first time around, because we're just going to be testing it and getting feedback, uh, the 1st of March will kick off. 
Go to noobspero.com forward slash spear ready. That's noobspero.com forward slash S-P-E-A-R-R-E-A-D-Y. There'll be like a Google form in there. It'll just capture a few of your details and then we'll send you out an info pack. And if you want to sign up, that'll be great. But I wish I could spell on the fly like that. That was good. Oh, it's just like I've just I've done friggin' two hundred and fifty of these things, Tom. Like I just You're all over it. Wow, I just talk a lot, you know. So <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. mate. And this is what running courses is like with me. I just don't shut up. You're making me you're making me feel bad. <laughs> no, nah, man, like it's so good having you out on the courses. I'm grateful for it. I've already told people, I think I've said it in podcasts before. If I had a hundred Tom Sandstroms, I'd take over the oh, whole stop. world. <laughs> <Go on red>. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's just about to join us, so that'll be great because I think he was stuck in traffic, as you were saying. WA traffic's not normally a thing, is it, Ben? They had sheep on the road. Oh, sheep on this the road. Of, oh, this time of day, occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going through the city there. Yeah, right. But um, no, north and south of Perth, generally not too bad. Yeah. Not much going on. Okay, cool. Well, it's great to have you with us, mate, because um, Tom and I are aiming up at this WA competition in Dunsborough or thereabouts. Uh, sort of in a couple of months and we wanted to get you on and pick your brain about um, how we could do it better, I guess. Totally yeah, for the for community's sure. advantage and not just because we want to know the inside guys. Yeah, we thought, <laughs> we'd, we thought we'd share it with everyone, so we're all on the same page. Uh, that's a good idea. Are you guys planning on diving it together? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom, Tom's um, yeah. taken on a charity mission. So yeah, <laughs> he's, he's going to drag the Shrek along with him as a bit of a sea anchor. Good stuff. Uh, should be should be good fun. It should be yeah, good fun comp. Um, definitely a bit different. Um, but you always learn heaps of stuff at these comps, and yeah. So should Ben, be, should be good. Give us a bit of a run through on on yourself. You, uh, from what I what what I know and what Tom sort of told me, like you serve on the on the AUF over there. Uh, are you president of the club? Uh, I'm not a president of a club. I'm pretty new to the AUF position. Um, so I've only been in that position for about six months now. Okay. So it's technically the AUF Western Australia Spearfishing Chairperson. Okay. Um, so a bit of a long title, um, but essentially I look after, yeah, AUF Western Australia Spearfishing, which isn't actually too big in the west of Australia. So traditionally, West Aussies, um, the couple clubs we have here, look after themselves um, oh, okay. and haven't really required to be a part of the AUF. Okay. I think we've only got a few, a handful of members for the AUFWA, but when things like the Nationals pop up, um, yeah, that's when I get to work, get plenty of, plenty of stuff to do. The, um, the, the, the chairperson for spearfishing, nationally is is from Western Australia and the AUF president is a Western Australian as well. So it's like we, we want to kind of um, build things over there a little bit, hopefully. But, yeah, like you said, they're a little bit independent at times. But, yeah, I, I think there's definitely yeah. room for growth. Ben, ben give me definitely. the elevator pitch for joining the AUF. Like I'm, a, I'm an everyday punter, Spiro. Um, what's in it for me? Oh, that's a really, really good question. Um, we're still, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, it's a good pitch. I'm going to have to start to develop it and use it a bit more in WA. But essentially, the AUF and AUF spearfishing, um, we're an advocacy 
all these underwater sports and obviously particularly spearfishing, um, as well as we tend to look after all the finer details that aren't the most interesting to look after, mainly insurance things. Um, so if you become an AUF member, which for a lot of clubs over east is a requirement for competing, um, all that insurance stuff is sort of looked after by us um, and we can help advocate for the sport of spearfishing. Um, so again, it's been a lot more predominant over east and in terms of advocacy, so for spearfishing rules and development for recreational fishers and governments, um, it's been a bit of a bigger thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully developing that in Western Australia a bit more. The um, <clears throat> the West Australians have had some fairly strict um, rules put in place over the last <clears throat> about six months or something, Ben. Um, yeah. And that's where if these governing bodies come in, and I, you know, I'm not over there, so I don't know the ins and outs of it. But from what I from what I gather from the West Aussies, it's maybe not. Um, really well thought out and that's where governing bodies like this can come in and, and when you've got a big community behind you <clears throat> the governing the government tends to listen to you a little bit more um, and then you can sort of have a bit more of a discussion around uh, the ins and outs of closures and all that sort of thing um, and that's where if more people get you know, get involved in groups like this you have a bit more of a say over, over that sort of closure of grounds and species and limits and all that sort of thing. So the AUF are like one of our peak representative bodies. They advocate on our behalf at a a federal and like local state and territory level and then they're also helping us coordinate insurance efforts, um, sort of lobby for different special interest groups like under the banner, like other, like you got underwater hockey and underwater rugby and things like that. And and AUF kind of look after all of these, these sort of groups that come under their umbrella and they provide us with, I guess, dealing with a lot of the admin side of comps and things like that and help us to provide sort of a, a central rallying point for a lot of this stuff. Is that kind of the whole ball and dice? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely okay. nailed it. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, and, and without them, I mean, you don't have you don't have clubs, right? And that's where you, know, you can go and pay to do a course and get a huge benefit from that or you can join a club and get it. Yeah. It's, it's a similar sort of thing. I would say, and or like even, even the people that are coming to do my spearing courses, like it's probably another call to action. I need to build a little bit more on the back end of a course, which provides people with, I have actually started doing it, just pointing people to like, for me, my local clubs are the Tweed club down South and the Sunshine coast, uh, skin divers up North, which is where I'm a, a member of. We don't really have, we do have a Brisbane underwater club, but, uh, it's not very active on the spearing scene and stuff like that. But I think these groups are awesome for the local social comps, meeting local divers. I know our private messenger group for the Sunny Coast Skin Divers, like, you know, there's boat dives every other day. Like, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of frothers in there and sharing a lot about the local conditions and knowledge and stuff. Like, I'm guessing you you guys and other AUF clubs are the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it just creates a really good community locally and, um, yeah, opportunity to get out on a boat and dive with better divers and get better yourself. Cool. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, clubs. Clubs for me, like I moved to WA from over east, from northern New South Wales there, a bit over two years ago now, and particularly the underwater hockey clubs, um, which is another sport of the AUF. Um, 
was super important for me for meeting new people as well as keen divers and making new friends and really sort of fitting in. So you you come from uh, spearing royalty, don't you, Ben? Is your dad a spearer as well? Um, yeah, he's a bit bit of an older spearer. Um, got a pretty recognisable name, so some of the older guys might might know his name. Um, yeah, Mick. Okay. Uh, but he grew up, yeah, doing a lot of diving, a lot of clubs, um, doing a lot of diving with Ian Puckridge and a lot of the other big names. So I was quite fortunate to grow up diving with all those guys, including my dad, as mentors. Sick. Um, that was incredibly handy. Cool. Well, mate, it's great to find a, a little bit about you and make your acquaintance. Um, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. So Tom and I are a bit sport getting to pick your brain for this WA comp. Just give us an overview of the area, uh, the dates, and sort of the you know the over, the broad overview, the broad strokes, if you like, of the competition. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, well, first of all, national Australian national spearfishing comps are going to be a bit different to your club comps. Um, the first and most obvious difference is they're all what we'd call a swim comp or a shore dive comp. They're not always shore based. Um, last nationals was based out of the bunker group, obviously 70 Ks offshore, um, had to drive boats out there, but it was a swim start. So you weren't really traveling to your spot by a boat. Okay. Um, you can't use GPSs either. Um, so you've got to implement a lot of old skill, old school skills, um, including a bit of fitness to cover a bit of ground. More than a bit. So that, we were just chatting <laughs> yeah. About that, so. Yeah. Um, we're, we're gonna... As for the dates, um, 20 to 26 April. Um, so it'll be over over those days, but we'll have like sort of three days of spearing, but we've got a few extra days there to fit in some of the individual events as well as to have a rest day as well as I think we have a spare day so we can sort of pick the best three weather days out of that. Um, and, yeah, as for the areas... Southwest WA, pretty nice part of the world. It's going to be about three hours south of Perth. Um, so we'll be based out of Dunsborough. So if you're looking for accommodation, definitely look around the Dunsborough area. But some of the spots that we've got earmarked, um, like Augusta, dead finish, um, that's going to be, I think, nearly 50 to an hour drive okay. further south. So we'll be covering a covering a big part of that sort of southwest region. If you look on it on a map, um, it's pretty much that whole uh, western face between like Cape Naturalist and Cape Lewin. Okay, I'm pulling. Um, up. I'm pulling up the maps now. So like a a fifty kilometer, hundred kilometer drive in WA is like the way we think about a five minute drive on the east coast. I think it's not it's not too much for the WA blokes. How far down did you say? Down to, right? Not, not down to Augusta. Augusta. So that's right down the bottom of that, like, sort of section. Okay. Um, and Dunsford is pretty much right at the top there. Okay. All right. Are you still getting reasonably warm water at that time of the year? Uh, hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully. So, speaking about currents and stuff, I actually had quite an interesting dive. Yesterday, out at Rottnest Island, um, and the water temperatures dropped by about three degrees, which is a little bit 
strange. I think it was just a cooler, um, cooler water eddy coming in. Yeah. Um, but essentially, our currents they work a bit different in uh, Western Australia. Our Lewin current is the dominant current, um, and that runs a bit harder in winter, and that pushes warm water hopefully down the coast. But the weather pattern we're in now, the El Nino, I think. Mm. Um, that means that that current won't push quite as hard. So last year I probably could have expected between 22 to 24 degrees down there in April. Oh, wow. Um, but this year it would definitely be a bit colder. So we're packing a five metre. Now nah, it's a swim comp though, Tom. I'm not swimming in a five mil, bro. I'm not swimming in a five mil. No way. I'll be going three mil pants, five mil top one. If it's below 20, 21 degrees, yeah. If it's below, I, t- I wore I wore a five mil top at nationals in Queensland. Yeah, last year. <laughs> That's hectic. I tried that one of the days, and um, yeah, I absolutely cooked. Yeah, yeah I was good. Love yeah, that. I'm three mil. What do you think we're going to get, Ben? You reckon twenty or twenty one? Oh, it's hard. Look, base <laughs> for 20, um, like bet on 20. Yeah. But it could be a bit less and hopefully it's a little bit more. All right, I'll pick yeah. the five mil top just in case. <laughs> just in case. I've got a bit of insulation over Tom though. Like, so. I'm trying. I'm trying. You're in a bulking phase. Yeah. Cool that. I love that feeling underwater when you pull the trigger and you know exactly where that shaft is going. You want something dependable. You want to put that fish that you've been chasing for a lifetime in the boat, in the cooler, in the esky, in the chili bin if you're in New Zealand. Why do we call all these things different names? Anyway, today's show sponsor, KillshotSpearGuns.com. Make awesome wooden timber spear guns. A fantastic shooting platform. If you've ever shot a big timber gun, you know the, the reliability that you get from these things. Uh, he mostly makes enclosed track spear guns. Visit him at killshotspearguns.com. Use the code NOOB to save $30 on any Killshot spear gun. Hey guys, not sure how you stay hydrated out on the boats on those long days out on the water, uh, but staying hydrated is absolutely critical to good equalization and looking after your body, making sure you're not doing those awkward one-legged kicks to the surface when, when one leg cramps out on you. Go to aqualite.com.au and get yourself a box of sachets. You just simply add them to water. It's less than $1.28 per serve. It's cheaper and cheaper and healthier than any other sports drinks on the market. Aqualite will make a difference in your spearfishing. Check it out at aqualite.com.au. Use the code NoobSpiro to save 10% on any order. Check it out. Aqualite, made in Western Australia. Hey guys, we interrupt this Noob Spiro podcast broadcast to talk about the 2024 Australian Blue Water Freediving Classic. You guys need to get in on this. Uh, the Coffs Blue Water Comp is arguably one of the most prestigious and cool events on the Australian spearfishing calendar. It's going to be on the 16th and 17th of March. Check that out. Just Google Coffs Australian Blue Water Freediving Classic and get amongst the cool comp. Meet a whole bunch of absolute frothing legends. Let's get back to the episode. All right, Ben. So we've talked water temps. Um, what about species? For us over here on the East Coast, like you've already been there for two years yourself. Um, yep. What are we? 
what are we what's our best way to kind of get our head across what's readily available and all that sort of stuff obviously there's a score sheet yep um yeah there is a score sheet at the minute attached to the preliminary information pack now we had a warning that score sheet might change slightly okay um there might be a couple species added i can't imagine a couple species being retracted um but essentially, I guess like any sort of comp, just study the score sheet, I guess, and that will help you sort of come up with a bit of a plan. There are plenty of similar species um, like on the West Coast compared to the East Coast. Um, so let me just pull up the score sheet and I'll have a little look and see what we got. I'm going to link up um, the stuff we chat about today, including that information pack. If guys go to... Uh, noobspiro.com forward slash 2024 nationals. I will link up anything and everything we chat about. Perfect. That's um, you've got the prelim pack on the website, don't you? We did get tagged in that link in our Facebook messenger group for the WA Comp Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True, yeah, I've got it. So things like Taiwan flathead, leather jackets, snook, tailor. Um, you're going to find them in all the same sort of spots and that's all sort of same areas and they look the same. They're the same fish as what you find over east. Um, there will be a few oddball fish that you might find elsewhere and you might might be a bit hard to identify. Um, a few of the demersals like they're swallowtail. They look pretty funny. They really just look like a bait fish. Um, a bite redfish or a nanagai, they look like an overgrown swallowtail. Um, so it might be worth just studying those species. Uh, I find fishes of Australia is the best place to find underwater photos um, of these species as well as a bit of a detail of where they sort of tend to live. Okay. Um, but as with any comp, yeah, really, really study uh, the species list and come up with a plan of um, what you want to find because, again, our rules are a bit funny um, and quite restrictive. So the demersal fish, which are the main sort of fish that you mainly focus on when you go out spearing, you can only get four of them per pair. Oh, okay. Um, so a lot of the funny little nearshore estuarine fin fish that a lot of people in a normal day spear fishing will just swim over Um. There's 15 on the score sheet mm. and the max limit is 16 per fisher. Uh, so if you're okay. doing really, really well, theoretically you could potentially catch each one of those species um, and they score as well as a, as any one of the demersals. Yeah, right. And is there – so we're, we're talking brackish for a lot of these species or is it an inshore? What, 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 are, we, what are we saying there? Where are we going to find them and oh, pick a lot of that, that, that list up? Yeah, so the name of them is a little bit confusing. They're not always yeah. near shore or estuarine. It's just the sort of umbrella category that fisheries puts them under. Okay. Um, to say, for example, a Taiwan, you typically find them in a bit shallower. Um, they can be a bit flighty, a little bit shallower, sandy, broken bottom. Um, flatheads, you typically find on a rock sand edge. Again, just the same as what you'd be if you're looking over east. Um, what else? King George Whiting. Yep. 
often see them a little bit deeper though, a little bit deeper and again on rock sand sort of edges. Um, is that, so that's is where that some, maybe the name. <clears throat> is that something you expect to see a few of them wade in or are they hard to come by? Um, down south there should be a couple wade in, um, but probably not heaps and heaps. I think they start to get a little bit uncommon um, down that way. That would be pretty exciting to come across a decent King George for, for a, yeah, someone from yeah. the east. They're, they're a very cool fish. They're just like a huge, huge whiting, huge sand yeah. whiting. Um, the wreckfish west app, is that helpful or uh, are we sort of using that and fishes of Australia? What, what's your guidance there? Oh, super helpful. That's an awesome <laughs> app. That's pretty similar to what do we use in New South Wales, Tom? Is it fish eye? Uh, no, it is. Sorry, let me just check. It's called Fish, uh, fish Smart New South Wales. Mm. Fish Smart, it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so on there, um, real important thing is you can look at the, like a map, like a live GPS sort of map and see where you are in relation to all of the um, protected sanctuary zones. Oh, yep. Um, as well as you can search up all the different fish. They give you like an eating rating like out of five stars. Um, gives you a bit of detail and shows you a few photos of the fish as well. Um, cool. Fishes of Australia is a little bit more detailed, mm. um, but Wreckfish West is good for just a glance. Okay, cool. Are, you, are, are we close to sanctuary zones at all in the zone or miles away? There will be a couple. Um, so so in the information pack, there's four areas tagged. You've got Hamlin Bay, Canal Rocks, Sugarloaf Rock, and Dead Finish in Augusta. Um, yep. So it looks like there's a few zones around Augusta that I can sort of see. Is that an area we're going to have to pay attention? Uh, yeah, it's definitely worth like keeping an eye on sanctuary zones, obviously. Um, and you can use them to sort of help plan where you're going to end up swimming over the course of the comp. Yep. Um, but I personally wouldn't be too afraid of accidentally encroaching on one because we're going to have safety boats that are obviously going to keep a very good eye on them. Um, and if you are sort of approaching a zone, um, they're going to let you know and you can turn around. So we'll definitely be onto that. Um, okay. So Sugar Loaf and Canal Rocks are pretty easy. There's just um, one sanctuary zone at Canal Rocks, just one and a half k's south. Sugar Loaf, two and a half k's north. Um, so it's a pretty big swim. Um, and then Hamlin Bay, um, a pretty good part of the island. So the southwest side of the big Hamlin Island is sanctuary. Okay. And then three k's south of Cozy Corner is a sanctuary. Interesting. So keep it in mind, but um. I wouldn't stress yourself out about it if that makes sense. Plenty of boats out there to keep us in line. Yep, exactly. All right, cool. So if this was you, Ben, you were just coming over here for this comp, um, how would you prioritize your prep time when you're not there? So you, would you spend a, a fair amount of time on the score sheet? What else should we be spending our time worrying about apart from our own personal fitness? Yeah, good question. Um, well personal fitness. Um, <laughs> that's pretty important. Um, I play a lot of underwater hockey. That is an awesome sport for like competition, spearfishing, fitness. Oh. Um, it's all about swimming hard, diving down, holding your breath, 
come back up swimming hard again. Because that is probably one of the biggest shocks between spearfishing nationals and the average club comp. Yeah. The average club comp is like a just cruisy day spearing, drive around the boat, jump in, couple dives on one spot, keep going. Um, but at nationals, you got to get to all the spots under your own power and you got to get there first. Under Tom's well, power. We try to get there first. <laughs> we, we, I, dived, I was lucky enough to dive with Aaron Puckridge in the, in the Blue Water Classic that Coffs runs yeah. maybe three years ago or something. Um, and me and Angus, we, we dive a lot together and locally we're fairly capable and we, we do all right within our own club. And the efficiency of that dude, he, he'd be in the water and have a fish before Angus and I even had our dive socks on. <laughs> he, um, he'd get back to the boat, his gun, rig line, float, everything's wrapped up, ready to go. We'd pull up to the next spot, he'd be in. We'd be just getting in the water. He'd be throwing a fish over the boat. Like, and, and then we went and dive somewhere a little bit deeper. Um, top of it was 18 and then the bottom ledge is like 26. And Angus and I are spending like six or seven minutes between dives and Aaron's doing two or three dives to our one dive just because he's got that swimming swimming CO2 tolerance of a, of a comp yeah. diver. And he, he shoots a Jude and a Sambo and a Mackerel and we're like, we're just having our second dive <laughs> for the spot. And it's just like, it's just like, until you dive with an exceptional comp diver, you don't realise how terrible you are at diving. <laughs> They're just like, guys that grow up doing that with that CO2 tolerance and that, and that ability so to Aaron, swim hard and they dive. They just, they're unreal. Yeah. So Aaron plays, is a really good underwater rugby player, mm. which again, yeah. super similar to hockey. So that's where he gets a lot of that fitness from. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I remember watching um, last year's or 2022 nationals, the last nationals, um, we started off swimming um, with the Puckos, like Ian and Aaron together. Yeah. And we're just swimming through over just some rubbish ground. And Aaron spots his trout underneath this um, coral bommy and just without missing a beat, dives straight down, smashes it, comes back yeah. up, and they're still they're still in front of us. They're still making ground on us <laughs> um, while all while spearing a fish, which is which is what you've got to do. Um, That's wild, to, isn't it? to do well. Yeah. And and not to take away from Tim and Bryson, because they did absolutely amazingly up there, but they they yeah. had a significant amount of time scouting and Aaron and Ian turned up the day before on a flight without scouting, jumped in the water and they didn't, they didn't, they came in a very close second to Tim and Bryson that spent a long time up there scouting. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're just, those those guys are, uh, yeah, exceptional guys. Incredibly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of the awesome things about comps is um, getting to rub shoulders with these guys and yeah, finally sort of figuring out, oh, I'm actually not that good at spearing. I've got a lot more to learn and I've got a lot more to improve on. And they're all um, legends and more than happy to give you the time of the day. Yeah. Very true. So it's a bit yeah. of a bit of humble pie. Yeah. And they're just so they're just so willing to oh, I, to to an extent, but they're very willing to share what they know. Yeah. yeah. I guess even if you know some of the stuff that they know, you still gotta have the physical capability and the the sort of the experience to be able to pull it all off and then put a strategy together that's effective on the day. Yeah, no. absolutely. That, and that's that's one of my favorite things about comps is that every every time I participate in a in a comp, I, I feel like I come away, a, you know, a 20, 25% dive, better diver every time. So, um, yeah, well, 
you learn a little yep. bit from all the guys and you learn a little bit from everything you've done or, or fucked up during the during the comp. Like they, yeah, they they really do improve your spear fishing ability. Very true. Yeah. Comp comp rules. Um, Ben, like I'm not a I'm not a really much of a comp diver. I think I've dived two or three. Um for me it's a bit of a a new experience and obviously like showing up at a fairly competitive event. Um, for me, what do I need to know? Uh, what rules do we need to be aware of? Um, in terms of safety equipment, what do we need to carry? Um, the timings, I'm guessing they're going to be announced on the days and the briefings and all that sort of stuff. But can you just give us a bit of a, a run through for, for, for a person that's unfamiliar? Yeah, so there are a lot of rules with the old Spearfish National. So um, if anyone is interested in it, um, definitely jump on the AUF website and have a look at the A section rules. Um, so they're the rules that stay consistent through every comp. Um, the B section is what we call the local rules. So they're the ones that we play with and change um, and we'll get those rules developed over the next couple of weeks and get them out. Um, but the main rules definitely change a little bit as of the last comp um, to more uh, to a pairs comp. Yep. Um, so that's prioritizing safety, um, obviously. Uh, so prioritizing sort of one up, one down diving. So the way that sort of works, you've got to have a float, got to be a minimum size of 10 liters. Um, a float boat is the best option, but if you don't have one, it's not the end of the world. Um, and it needs to have obviously an alpha flag. There's a minimum size, 250 by 150 mil. Um, and then you've got to have a bit of safety equipment, but we will supply that equipment. Oh, okay. Um, so there'll be like a whistle, a mirror, um, an orange V-sheet. Um, but that's part of where your comp fees go. We source all that stuff for you. So we make sure everyone's got the safety equipment. Sick. Tom, are As we, we, we going to ship one of our boat floats over there? I went and bought a weddy boat uh, float. <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, um, but looking out for one for us. So that'll be a later on decision. Um, Okay. If we don't have to, we'll get one locally, hopefully. But he's going—he's going to call a few mates and see if we can borrow one. All right. I so, think over here in a like in a swim-off comp, they're pretty important because the sharks will take your fish. What's it like over there? Boat float versus shark? <laughs> You're likely to lose or, lose your fish if you've got a, got them on a stringer off, off the back of your float. Great whites. Uh, no, that don't sound great whites. Um. Yeah, look, there's a chance. Um, they're not too hectic down south. Um, there are sharks down there, but there's not heaps and heaps and heaps and they're not too aggressive. They don't often see stacks of divers. They're not like the old X-mouth shark or the um, bunker group shark where they're switched on. They know the same um, gun. But, yeah, but um, what is really valuable with the float boat is you're hoping to shoot 10, 12, 15 plus fish on a day um, if you got them just hanging in the water it's going to be pretty hard to drag around um, especially if you're planning on swimming a couple of k's um, as well as yeah when it, it, there's a high potential to lose a couple of fish to a shark which is just yeah these comps can be so close two three fish in them um, that's huge yeah 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 I, th- I think if we can't if Bert can't source one for us we might look at taking one over yeah, I ended up buying one yeah. from down south and uh, I'll just probably order another one and send it to Bert. Yeah. So he's got one Keep in there. contact. I might be able to 
help you source one. I bought one um, from um, the Eden Kingfish and Dive Shop down there. Shout out to Drew. And uh, yeah, they, they stock yeah. the wedding stuff, there, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I bought, I bought yeah. one. They're a fantastic float. Like obviously, you bring yours up, Tom, and I was like, I got to get one too. And yeah, so good. Yeah, well, I think I if if I have to, I'll just buy one and send it to Bert. Give him a gift. Yeah, yeah, not a bad shout. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I know EKF. I got one through them as well. They do thirty-five dollar flat rate shipping to oh, WA. Sick. Done. Maybe we should get him a gift. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. All right. He deserves it anyway. He's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. What about um, flashes? What's going to happen with yeah. the B rules? Because the A rules are kind of like refer to the B rules. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're going to allow flashes. Um, it's pretty common, um, but using flashes isn't necessarily like some cheat code either. Because, again, it's a spearing these comps when you're swimming around under your own power. It's a lot about time management, as you saw with how efficiently Aaron moves through the water. Mm. Um, if he's sitting there stuffing around with a flasher, that can really slow you down. But it can also really help you get one or two of those um, pelagics that might be a little bit hard to find otherwise. But, yes, they will be allowed in our B section. I've, I've got a Puckridge cheat code for us, but I'm not going to say it on you. Okay, love it. <laughs> what, what, um, what kind of pelagics are we likely to encounter down there? You get Spanish down there, are we looking at? What are we looking at? Look, on a good year, um, we get Spanish mackerel heaps further south. Than that, um, so there is there is a chance, but I have a feeling this season won't be as good for Spanish. Um, but yeah, like if you see one, shoot it. Um, it's on the score list there. There is potential to see wahoo. Um, you can come across schools of baby southern bluefin tuna, and by baby I mean like five six kilos. Okay, Stop it, um, yeah, that that'd be a great comp fish actually. Yeah. Um, but the most common ones are going to be a yellowtail kingfish um, and a Samson fish. Yeah. Um, what's Amber the Jack story with this? What's the story with sambos over there? All the all the West Aussies don't seem to like them. Like you shoot a sambo, pops, unreal. Oh, this is yeah. That's an awesome point. I've been trying to change the views on sambos for forever. So spent a long time thinking about this one actually. So kingfish over here, especially off Perth, um, are a super renowned fish. But as you know, back over east, we see stacks of kingies. And most of the time, you sort of, yeah, you sort of let them swim. Um, But you see a sambo, you're like, awesome. And everyone over east reckons a sambo is heaps better eating than a kingie. But it's inverted over here. And I think it's because we see a lot of sambos. You get big schools of them, same as you get big schools of kingies back over east, and you only get the occasional kingfish. Uh, So everyone's like in this sort of idea that kingfish are rarer, harder to come by, they taste better. You um, you don't get that parasite that makes either of them mushy? Uh, We definitely do. Yeah, you do? Okay. Yeah. And what you get worms and sambos over there? Um, you can actually see yeah, them. Yeah, we've the shot f- some big amberjack, amberjack and not sambos. That's why we sort of shot them um, a bit further north. And one of them was, um, yeah, filled with worms, but typically not 
further south, typically not around Perth, actually. Is that just a hyphen amberjack? Because, I mean, technically the bloody king is an amberjack too, isn't it? Like, um, uh, I think maybe I'll look up the um classification the name for it because there's there's two commonly caught ones, isn't there, over here? Um, and then we have sambos and kingies on top of that. I don't know. I think hyphens one, and then there's another one. We, yeah, we just think like our comps just hyphen and common. I don't know. I'm sure there's proper names for them. Mm. I think the hyphen ones are often a fair bit smaller. I think. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, um, the amberjack we have listed is called the greater yeah, amberjack. Yeah, yeah, common one. Yeah. Um, and they get pretty big. To see ones like 30 kilos off Perth is pretty common. Oh wow. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, it could be three species. I'm, uh, I'm not expecting that. Someone smarter than us three will be able to tell us. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm terrible with fish. Like, oh. I, I have got better over the years, but I'm still like, you know, like comp divers. I find are so good. They're so good at getting across the score sheet and analysing and understanding stuff. Like a lot of the time, when you're just a casual social spearer, you just don't pay attention to a lot of, you know, like fish. Unless it's on a scorecard, you're probably just not going to shoot some stuff. Like. Mm. Um, and I'm not I, saying I love, yeah. I love learning all the different species and trying to around here I just want one we don't get what I love one is like weird yeah Ocean Guardian is the world's leading shark deterrent technology and the great news is they're now partners with the Noob Spiro podcast you can save 10% on the Freedom 7 or Scuba 7 when you shop at Ocean Guardian uh, use the code Noob Spiro at checkout to save 10% if you want to go there easy super easy go to noobspiro.com forward slash OG short for Ocean Guardian pretty original eh pump in the code Noob Spiro and you'll save 10% on your shark shield device get into it get amongst it Ocean Guardian are doing awesome things for Spiros are you in the market for a new spear gun? Killshot Spear Guns has got blue water wahoo tuna guns, open track spear guns, enclosed track spear guns, rear handle enclosed tracks. Check them out at killshotspearguns.com. Even better, I've got some good news for you. You can save $30 on any Killshot Spear Gun at killshotspearguns.com. Use the code NOOB. If you're in store, just say, crikey, mate, or say Shrek from the Noob Spiro sent you. And you'll save $30. Ed Martin at killshotspearguns.com. Check them out. This podcast is brought to you by aqualite.com.au. This is the best solution bar none for staying hydrated in the ocean. If you're a Spiro, it's an absolute no-brainer. It's a game changer. If you're doing extended trips and the cramp starts to set in and uh, the old body's telling you, hey, that's enough, just get hydrated and it will save you a whole heap of woe. It's a groundbreaking product that can help you to stay hydrated. It's got low sugar, it's less acidic than other options on the market, it's rapid absorption, help you to maintain performance. Dehydration of just one to 2% can affect your mental and physical performance by up to six or 7%. And as when you're spearfishing, you can tell when dehydration's starting to affect you because the equalization goes out the window. Get Aqualite at aqualite.com.au. It's scientific rehydration that Spiros know and trust. I know because one works there, and that's why we've set up this discount code for you. 10% off when you use the code NoobSpiro at aqualite.com.au. Check it out. Australian-made hydration products tailored for Spiros. 
and a whole bunch of other people that suffer from dehydration too. But check it out at aqualite.com.au. Use the code NoobSpiro to save 10%. A lot of the stuff in the rules seems pretty common sense uh, around competitive behaviour, spear gun safety. Um, Walk us through any sort of unexpected stuff that you can think of, Ben, like that we might not be aware of, if you wouldn't mind. Ooh. Um, yeah, so maybe the way the true pairs yeah. is sort of run. So this is a new new sort of method to running the Nationals. Nationals has always traditionally been a solo comp. Mm. Um, but last year was the first time they did true pairs. So the way you set your gear up, your float and your float line, um, you have one 30-meter float line or maximum of 30 meters. You can have shorter if you want to. Um, and then one line that is a maximum of four meters. Um, you can have part of these lines as bungees, but they're not meant to stretch out further than their maximum distances. Okay. The idea is the fella with the 30-meter float line um, is the bloke diving. Um, and the person holding the four-meter float line holds onto the float um, and has to remain on the surface. And then as you do dives, you're meant to swap the float line. Okay. Um, and that's just really to enforce the like one-up, one-down sort of policy. Mm. Um, and I think it works really, really well. So it's probably one of the safest ways we can sort of um, run a comp at this point in time. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic way to do it last year. I really enjoyed that. I, <clears throat> I dived with my brother, so we, we are pretty strict in one, one down anyway. And we used the same gun, so it was easy. We didn't have to bother swapping oh, nice. big lines. We just swapped guns straight out. Actually, that's something we should think about. Yep. What are we going to do? What size yeah. gun do you use? Yeah. I'm easy. Like I, I'm using a one meter, one ten roller. So we'll, we'll, we'll take the 60 centimeter pranger. Really? That's not a bad yeah, idea. Oh, you want to use that as our backup gun? Like, no, that'll be our main gun. Really? <laughs> the one that I bring on the horses. Fuck yeah, that's such a good I've gun. I've got a 60 centimeter pranger as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what sort of gun do you, do you recommend over there, Ben? So I personally use a pretty old school. I use like an Edge, like Super Frog Edge. Yeah. That gun's probably older than me uh, now. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a 1.3, but that's probably a bit big. For the comp diving. Um, I've been using a 1.1 recently just because a lot of the species we are going to be chasing are going to be um, in very cavey ground, lots of swim-throughs, um, lots of big ledges. You want something that you can sort of swing around easily. I'd actually potentially prefer, and I'll probably entertain the idea of making it even shorter. Yeah, um, maybe we should take your... Roll a Shrek and then the, then the little pranger for a second gun. For the cave yeah, I'm, I'm easy on that. That sounds good. Pro, yeah. A pranger will work awesome for a lot of those species. Um, it's a little bit of a... With a six-inch pranger, it's a, a good gun. Yeah, yeah nice. And, awesome. And so I'm just trying to think of the logistics. Like, So if your main gun's clipped off to your 30-meter line, you're just swapping guns on the surface um, and then your pranger's there for second shot, I guess. And then if you if you see a specific application Apes for it, then you use yeah. it. Yeah. Would you would you put a third gun on the float, Ben? Um, I think from memory, some of the guys last year did. Um, we did it on the never... first day and ditched it the next day. It was just 
extra more weight. shit to deal with. Yeah. And but so- I think what the Pacos did, um, just strapped a spare shaft or a spare um, couple shafts to their float boat. So if they bend a shaft, they can swap that straight out, um, but not necessarily a whole new gun. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, even if our main gun fails, I'm pretty happy using a 60 with a pranger for – I mean, it depends if a big if a big sandbow swims in front of me. I mean, the, 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 the pranger will still do yeah, yeah, it'll still do the job. So, yeah. all right. They're pretty silly. The sambos can get. Yeah, you're right. Ian, Ian Pucko took down a stupidly big doggy with a pranger, eight-inch pranger. Back in the day, it was it was eighty kilos or something, and he he landed a doggy with a pranger. Oh, I mean, it is good way to do it. Brain or spine, yeah. I guess. Yeah, shoot him in the head. Uh, mm. Um. All right. Cool. So. Just trying to think my way through the true pairs comp. So we're swapping guns. Are there any other sort of like funny rules with being in a pair that obviously like it forces one up, one down? So that's kind of going to be solved. Uh, is there any other funny stuff with equipment or anything? Where oh, would you- really? That's about it. That you're not allowed to swim on your float, like mm-hmm. Daniel Mann style, going for a kilometer swim. Just got off the that's line good. with him. Yeah, funny, that's a good point. You mentioned it. Um, yeah, all right. Um, in terms of clipping our flasher off, like, are you just tying that off to the back of the float? I'm, I don't, I'm, I, I, Tom's starting to look at me like he's got some secret source ideas. Yeah, let, let's just skip this question. <laughs> all right, we're going to skip this I might, I might have gotten the same information from another old school diver. I think okay. I know what Tom's, Tom's thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, skip. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so it's going to be unless the weather shifts itself, it's like a three day comp. If it, if it does, and there's only like two diveable days, then you just score over the two days. Is that right? Yep. So we can still count like a nationals is still a nationals if we get two days in. Yeah. The priority will be three days and three days of six hours of swimming, but we can technically do two days and four hours each day as a comp. So I think last 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 time um, there were a couple of days there. There were a few boat breakdowns on the way out. Um, I think Tony Q got lost. Um, so, <laughs> Sorry. It just reminded me of Tony taking a shit off his boat. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in the final. <laughs> so I think a few days there we started, we started an hour or so a bit uh, later um, and shortened the comp up a little bit, but it still, still counts. Every single Can I tell person. the poo story? Tell it, tell it. Yeah. Everyone's got a Tony <laughs> Hugh poo story. Sorry, Tony. So <laughs> he's got no shame. We um <laughs> so where it was, the bunker group, we we all punched it for a couple of hours in the boats. We got to where we were going and they, they just make a triangle. They run it because their boats are in the triangle and you've got to swim into the triangle to start and then the comp starts. But <clears throat> everyone sort of gives the triangle a little bit of distance and sits there waiting for everyone to be pulled in the water and Tony's anchored up right next to where where we've got to go and he's in his speedos about to put his wetsuit on and then he decides he needs a poo and with the audience of however many people were at nationals just leans his rear end over the back of the boat and just lets one rip oh wow. we're all just sitting there going yeah, yeah, the- it was- <laughs> <laughs> we were in stitches but yeah that is <laughs> he's got no shame that bike 
Those yeah. are ruthless. Secret scorers, Ben. You've had a look at the the score sheet and you know the area. Um, give us a couple of like easy ones that we should definitely look at that may not be considered by others. You did men- mention this estuarine bunch. There's maybe 15 in that. Can you give me one or two on there that you would you would be looking for from the start? Um, or rather than maybe telling, speaking about specific species, but maybe just talking about how you'd work through the whole list in of itself. Um, so a lot of the time, like with any comp, a lot of those estuarine nearshore fish, like you go through them like Taiwan, Brim, Flathead, mm. um, a lot of people don't look for them or look at them. So they, they are the fish you're going to have to do a little bit of looking for. And they will cover a wide range of sort of um, sort of ground, so different depths, weedy or sandy, um, cavey or flat. Um, so you've got to cover a lot of that different ground looking for those species. While you're covering that ground is when you're likely, as long as you're in a nice fishy area, is when you can sort of luck across um, some of the demersals. So picking up four of the demersals really shouldn't be hard and I personally probably wouldn't look too hard for them, if that makes sense. Yep. You'll come across four of them. Um, and sort of similar with the pelagics. You might have to change the ground you're looking in for the pelagics. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'd really focus on some of those oddball fish that you may have never, ever thought about. Okay. Um, and the benefit of some of those fish as well, they're going to live in similar areas so if you do a bit of scouting before and find a cave or a rock or a ledge that's holding one of those species good chance they're still going to be there when you go back a week later okay um yeah so probably focus on that part of the score sheet all right love it tom what are you thinking what what, what's getting you curious mate i'm just having a little look through the through the species list now and like I, I don't know what the chances are of finding a Dewey, a Boarfish, a John Dory. Like I see those fish, like a West Australian Dewfish, DHU. I yeah. see those three. I'm just like, 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 that's not something we find unless you travel a long way south for a Boarfish or a Dory. But um, well, Tim Tim McDonald shot two of them and off off Brizzy last year. Like, in a, in a puddle in his backyard. It's like <laughs> it's like a shoe fish anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, but for the us mere mortals, it's something pretty cool to get excited about. Like, <clears throat> I, yeah, I'm not going over there expecting to shoot anything like that, but that gets me excited to try and find something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, all those, all those, you know, different species that we don't necessarily get a lot of in coughs. Yeah, Jewfish. Jewfish is pretty cool. You sort of get the cousin of a Jewfish. You get some good pearl perch over there. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I was, yeah, I was getting getting in the boat the other day and dropped my spear gun over over the edge and I pulled it up and it had a pearly on the end on the end. That's how common they are yeah. <laughs> That's a Tim that's a Tim McDonald joke. <laughs> yeah, classic Tim McDonald. Um uh, all right. Um so Tom's I guess I guess gone through a couple of the more iconic ones, like um they're probably more uh, um something of opportunity rather than intent. I guess if you're just in the right area, then maybe you get lucky. Is that how you would think of it, Ben, or are we likely to come across some of them? I definitely likely to come across one of them. Like Dewey's are 
super rare. Um, to get a good size one um, is a bit bit harder, but to get one to weigh in a comp, it would definitely be a couple of Jewies weighed each day, I reckon. Um, and, yeah, any of those demersal fish, um, they eat other fish. They're going to live where the bait and where the life is um, and where the good ground is. So as long as you're covering plenty of that good ground, there are a few techniques for maybe bringing some of those fish out. Um, might have to pick Paco's brains or Arnie's brains about how to do that. <laughs> okay. um, but, yeah, you, you will sort of find them. And you don't have to find too many of them, only four, whereas you're potentially trying to find four times that amount with the other near-shore fin fish. Okay, cool. That sort of makes sense. Fishing licenses yeah. for WA? Um, bit confusing, but it should be pretty simple for the um, nationals. Uh, you won't need one. Oh, wow. Yep. So yeah. for if you're fishing, doing any sort of recreational fishing um, for fin fish off of the shore, um, you don't need a fishing license. If you're working off of a boat, you need a recreational boating fishing license, I think it's called. Yeah. Working um, as in selling the fish or? No, 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 it's all just recreational. Um but you will also need a license if you plan on growing some craze, maybe on the rest day or before or after the comp um, or any abalone, you need separate licenses for that, whether you're diving off of a boat or off of the shore. All right. We are... so, so shore diving, you don't need one, but out of a boat, you do. Um, shore diving for fish, you don't need one. Yeah. But shore diving for craze and shore diving for abalone, you definitely need one. Yeah, right. Are craze so, and abalone so on the score sheet? No, unfortunately not. But um, yeah, I don't know if you see one. It might be you'll probably you definitely see a few craze getting around. Um, if you're sticking your head in the right caves, um, and they're not, not bad either. So. It's hard to swim past exactly. that even in a comp, isn't it? It's good feed. So <laughs> we better go get some licenses. And you're saying that there's separate licenses for abalone, lobster, and diving out of a boat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're doing a week up north afterwards, so we definitely should organise that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm allergic I think to from memory, so you eat the lobsters, I'll eat the abs. Okay. Deal. Yeah. I like abs as well, though. So. Well, you can have some more share. We can just wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> we all know who wins that. <laughs> yeah, you would. You're frigging. What belt did you get to in jujitsu? <laughs> Purple, wasn't it? Oh. Fourth, fourth, fourth degree black belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might have 50 kilo on you, but you probably have me in a yeah. half. No, uh, I don't know about that. Um, all right, cool. Interesting. So, all right, so we better, we better get on top of the license situation. So it sounds like people are going, well, it sounds like if people are going over there and they're maybe a little bit more opportunistic or they are doing some more diving while they're over there, they should probably look into that as well. Yep. Yep. That's all I nice need you to do online. Um, so yeah, just smash that out. I think each license might be about 50 bucks each from memory. All right, cool. If your buddy had a blackout on your next beer fishing trip, think, what would the outcome of that be? Do you know how to revive someone from a blackout? Would you even be in a position to do something about it? Or would you be diving, chasing after a fish as your buddy sinks down to the bottom of the ocean? Do you know where most blackouts happen? Do you know what you can do to minimize your risk of having a blackout? My name is Ted Hardy, and I'm the founder of freedivingsafety.com. 
In my free online course, you will learn the truth about shallow water blackout, the myth of I don't push myself, I know my limits, I'm in tune with my body, how to minimize your risk of having a blackout, and most importantly, how to save your buddy's life if they have one. Visit freedivingsafety.com to sign up for your free course today. Dive safe out there. It's just not even that hard. Freediving for spearfishers at howtofreedive.com will help you to extend your breath hold, understand your body better, and put you in a better position when you actually get to go out spearfishing. This program is not for noobs, as this program is for people who have some diving under their belts and understand some basic spearfishing safety, but it's perfect for spearos who want a guided, easy to follow and complete program with videos, a clear process, and a set goal. The five-minute freediver works. Get started for free and see if it's for you at howtofreedive.com. There's a tester there. Use the code NOOBSPEARO, N-O-O-B-S-P-E-A-R-O to save some money if you do decide to purchase. Check it out at howtofreedive.com. Freediving for spearfishers, a fantastic way to prepare, especially if you've got a big trip coming up. Get to that five-minute mark, and it does translate to your diving at howtofreedive.com. Oldmanblue.com.au. You can't cheat experience you can't fake passion, and damn, Old Man Blue can make gear that will last and stand the test of time. Check it out at Old Man Blue Dive on Instagram. You like comp diving, Ben? Like personally, um, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty new to it, but um, yeah, definitely really enjoying it. Like last year's nationals was heaps of fun. Um, I actually distinctly remember while I was competing, it was not very fun. Um, was struggling a bit, but um, it was a good experience. And then a few of our local club comps over here in WA have been, yeah, heaps of fun. Um, had a bit of success at our most recent one. So me and one of my good mates, Hunter, we took that one out, the Metro Masters comp. Oh, nice. Well um, done. That was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, no, comp diving's good. Definitely changes and helps the way you think about spearing and about finding fish and um yeah you definitely you change your, your spearfishing style changes for the better i think yeah. Your st- yeah your style definitely does I, I think a lot of people struggle with the ethics of comps and i always my advice is all is yeah you know, go, go and get involved in one before you make judgments on what they're about i think um traditionally they were um, a bit of a sleigh fest, and they're they they yeah they're still fish shot, but they're getting a lot better. All the fish is eaten, nothing goes to waste, and if all those guys were there for a holiday, it's sort of the same sort of fish you'd eat anyway, like mm. you shouldn't eat anyway. Um, yep. And I think if you're having ethical dilemmas about it, um, yeah, go, go and check them out. If it's not for you, it's not for you, um, but your spearfishing will get better for it, and. And you'll realise what they're actually about. It's not. It's not what the old school image of the comp is. It's, mm. it's a really fun social event, um, and there's good food, good times shared around with everyone. So it's, yeah, I think mean, don't judge until you've gone and tried one. Yeah, nailed it. With this comp, Ben, are we? What's happening with the fish? Are we like comp fish? Are you allowed to take some to to eat, or is it? Kind of is it does it go to a like a, a specific benefactor or what's the what's the deal with that? Um, yeah, so like some some spearfishing nationals, um, the fish were donated to um, certain organisations like food bank and stuff, 
Um, this year, we're not going to do that. We're going to encourage all the divers to process their own fish. Um, hopefully, we're going to provide a few facilities to make that a bit easier. Um, we're going to encourage you to eat the fish you catch. Um, some of these species are awesome eating and like you East Coast guys may only get an opportunity to eat some of these species. Um, like you may not get many opportunities. So may as well give them a crack. And, um, yeah, as Tom was sort of saying, like I think comps get a rap for being a slave fest, mm. slave fest and um, smashing heaps of fish that don't taste good. When in reality, a lot of these people haven't actually eaten any of these species before. And some of these species can actually be really, really good eating. And, um, and the species list are getting reduced to quality eating fish. Like <clears throat> I'm just looking through it and there's not much on there like, that isn't a delicious fish. I was looking for the – like I got the preliminary, uh, preliminary information pack. Where is the species list specifically, Tom? All the way down the bottom. Just scroll all the way to the bottom. Oh, yeah, I the went through I can't. Sorry, I, I just can't read as fast as you guys from New South Wales. You know, like you've got oh, such an effective education system down there. Like, I look <laughs> yeah, Dorigo's well-renowned for you know, <laughs> high-level education. Well, I look at, you know, you know the three-metre flatty bloke and I just think, you know, that's what's going on. <laughs> uh, I, I the powerfish, yeah. Um, I was looking for the wrong wrong one. Ah, yeah, okay. All right, sweet. I've got it. Yeah, there's only a, a, a page there. So it's not like it's some overwhelming score sheet. How many? So there's 16 of the estuarine and you said there's a large pelagic. There's six per pair, maybe uh, four per pair for the demersals. So that's pretty cool. So like total, you're, what are we looking at? Maybe 26 species if you got everything. And uh, you know, no one's going to get everything. No. Yeah, exactly. Um won't even get close to everything. Like if you look through the pelagics, um, you'd be super, super lucky if you got more than half. Two of those pelagics. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it. Bill, um, billfish, like uh, tuna, wahoo. I'm imagining that like that they're not there. Yeah. regularly. So, if you're incredibly lucky, you might get a shark mackerel. Um, you might get an amberjack. Um, and you might get a Southern bluefin tuna. Mm. Um, so what's that one? Two, three, four, five, maybe. A lot but of these more than likely you will only find two. A lot of these species also have uh, minimum measurements for them, and they are more stringent than the minimum requirements. Um, it's a lot to get your head around. Like, do you do you casual you normally have a measuring tape on your spear gun just to double check stuff? Do you, would you carry a laminated copy of the list? Like, because even me- memorizing twenty six species and their minimum sizes uh, could be a bit challenging. Yeah, um, good question. Um, what I would probably do um, these not all of these minimum sizes are enforced by fisheries. Some of them are ones that we've imposed mm. um, because five hundred grams. Say, for example, a Jewfish, there's no actual minimum size imposed for a Jewfish. Oh, wow. Um, at the moment, they That's... recently removed that. What, um, why? why? If someone was to weigh in, is that I think it was a good question, the release rate. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Barotrauma um, and, yeah, undersized fish was a big reason as to why those fish were released um, and greater than 50% of them died. And that's, But that's for 
recreational line fishers. Mm, mm. That doesn't. Um, that's one of those weird rules that AUF might be advocating to potentially change because obviously it doesn't apply very well to spear fishermen. Yeah, um, and you would prefer but, it if, if if we if we had some sizes for what we do. Um, exactly. So we don't want someone weighing in you know, a five hundred gram jewfish. Yeah. Um, so what we've put there is 500 mil, which was the original um, minimum size, mm. and that's about a three to four kilo, well, probably closer to three kilo jewfish. Okay. Um, so what I'd probably do is, yeah, laminated copy is a good idea, um, and then just get one of the sticker. Um, we'll get some. We'll provide some of the sticker measuring tapes, and you can sort of have a good look at it. Um, but what we will always do is we'll have a secondary bench set up um, with a set of bench scales as well as a measuring tape. So when you get to back to the beach, you can sort through your fish. And one fish might be completely and utterly legal. Um, so say, for example, you get a 450 mil jewfish. Uh, that's legal to keep, um, but we just don't want you weighing that one in. Yep. Um, so you can take that home, fill it, eat it, um, but you it's just won't be able to score it. Okay, cool. All right. I think, um, what are you thinking, Tom? Are we going to laminate the list and then put a, 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 a measuring well, tape on one of the barrels? We'll definitely have. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to need, we're, we're not going to be shooting anything small um, <laughs> and we can measure things back at the beach. So I don't know that we need to actively measure things while we're in the water. And like between you and I, we're fairly conservative on shooting something that might be in and around the size of it. So like if we have a second thought about shooting it, we're probably not going to shoot it. Um, Some of those fish, though, yeah, like it's um, like well, what am I looking at? Like snapper, five hundred mil, like um, pretty common to shoot one, probably just under that, I'd imagine. Yeah, then, is that a legal requirement yeah. or a comp requirement? It's a comp requirement, isn't it? That. That one's legal, I believe. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, have a look yeah, at I mean, the Wreckfish West. Okay. Yeah. Definitely going to have to get our oh, head around this score sheet. That's a reasonable fish compared to New South Wales. Yeah. Yeah, limit. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Good fish. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll, we'll do some research. I, I, I spend a lot of time looking at pictures of fish um, just so I can remember the – like looking at pictures, I seem to remember the outline of a fish so I can identify – fish underwater reasonably well remembering you guys going to come over a bit earlier and do a bit of scouting maybe a day if we're lucky we wanted to but the the thing with it was ben is like tom and i are uh you know like we're both pretty busy guys like and we really wanted to prioritize getting up north and maybe doing an abrolis trip with bert so we're trying to do probably wrongly we're, we're trying to do you know chase two birds with one stone um, but, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a long way to go though. And like, let's be honest, we're not there to win it. We're there to enjoy and learn. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try our damn hardest. But yeah, if we're being realistic, we're there for a good time, and then and then we'll shoot off and have a good time afterwards. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm thinking like I'll probably shoot eight or nine species quite easily. Tom, Tom, you'll you'll be flat out getting you know one or two, and I'll be having to measure them to double check. <laughs> the set. The sandbows sound like they're pretty common, so if I can get like something over six hundred, I'd be lucky. Ah, uh, bullshit! It'll be the other way around. Don't shoot, 
don't here's a hot tip, don't shoot the thirty kilo one. Yeah, no. Let that one, well, they don't weigh that one 15, do they? We um I, yeah, I guess that's another Yeah. I was talking the other day and we've got like a like a social competition where we've got like the thirteen desirable species in toss. And kingfish is on there, and I got schooled by a school of fish, and they're all over twenty kilos. And I'm sitting there just going, I don't want to bend the spear. And then a smaller <laughs> one came in, and I was like, I'll just shoot that. And I shot it in the head, and got a good holding shot, and it ended up going sixteen kilos, and still bent my spear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like they're just not worth. They're just not worth shooting. That that might be a point, you know. With the roller we're running, do we want to run a seven point five mil and just power it up a wee bit, just so? You know, like I don't know though, but then you're on the bottom and you're just annihilating like I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about I'm all about underpowered guns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Accuracy, yeah. Accuracy and get close rather than So maybe a spear power. shaft? Potentially. I don't know. Maybe two. Pack two. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely to bring over there, but just to carry on the float, I'm just thinking about it. It's a lot of admin. That's presuming we shoot fish. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But I, I could, <laughs> I could shoot a really big rock, and uh, I'm, could I'm pretty good at that too. So, yeah, plenty of them down there. Yeah, plenty yeah. of big rocks. Yeah, a rockfish. Yeah. yeah. Um, mate, we're gonna get this head around, head, heads around the score sheet for sure. Um, in terms of strategy, like every different spot is going to have its own. You know, you're gonna work out a, a plan when you spear a comp. Ben, obviously, you've had some success. Do you sort of rub shoulders with other people and compare notes on strategy or is it secret sauce? Do you try and do something different than what everyone else is doing? Um, what's your approach to it all? Yeah, 100%. Um, so strategy is like super, super important for a comp because um, similar to what I was saying before, um, you want to get to the spots first. As you can imagine, there can be certain areas um, might have one or two good, really, like really obvious, really good spots. And if you're not there first, you're sort of there last. So you can sort of build a strategy around going to those spots first and figuring out how to get there first. Um, and then where you're going to go after that. So our racing comp um, had a lot of help with that sort of strategy, um, had Arnie um, actually as our Bodhi. Um, so he was able to take us to heaps of good spots and sort of keep us moving along and helping us find a few of the species because it can be super easy to get those first six or those first eight species. But then when the list starts getting smaller, you've got to think, all right, where am I going to find this one? Um, how long do I spend looking for this one fish? You've got to sort of play it by ear as well, um, do it on the run. Um, but having a good plan definitely helps. Bloody awesome, Ben. Mate, I've had a blast chatting with you. It's great to meet you, uh, even if it's virtually. Or we're going to see you over there in a couple of months. Um, in terms of people finding out about this comp, again, go to noobspirit.com forward slash 2024 nationals and I will link some stuff up. But if you want to go to aufspearfishing.com.au, there is a bunch of information there, including a, a PDF download. If you click on nationals 2024, you can find out a bit more about that. But um, AUF doing good things, Ben. Thanks for volunteering your time and um, and helping to advocate for Spiros everywhere in Australia. No worries. Anytime. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Tom. Um, it's been good fun. Where can people get hold of you, Ben? Uh, have you Are you on socials? Yeah. Um, 
any of the socials. Got a pretty unique name there as well, so you should be able to find me nice and easy. In um, Instagram and Facebook, um, pretty easy to message me on there. Um, but I think some of my contact details, like emails and phone number, will be up on the AUF website as well. Old man, putting it out there. Love it. Oh, good, Ben. Well, um, we'll see you in a couple of months, brother. Thanks for jumping on. Legend. No worries. See you then, boys. Yeah, mate. Cheers, mate. Tom, what do you reckon? We um, we got some good intel there from from Ben. It was uh, good to get him on. I'm glad you sort of dug someone up for us to um, get some intel on. Did you learn anything? Yeah, absolutely. We got a few sneaky little uh, sneaky little tidbits of information that we'll definitely utilize when we get over there. Mm. When are you and I going to start going over through some of the finer details? Because I think with the spare ready program that we're doing to try and get a decent bit of fitness going before we get over there, um, maybe on one of the tail ends or some of the tail ends of those calls, we could work through some 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 things. Yeah, I think, what are we? It's the, yeah, it's a couple of weeks, or a week, week and a bit into February, so we need to start getting our ass into gear. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, I, I, I'm going to start getting back into full training um, over the next couple of weeks, I think, and I'm like, obviously just diving as much as I can, but I think I'm going to put a concerted effort into shore diving and doing some long swims. Yeah, nice. Um, I think, I think, um, yeah, and then, and then we'll catch up. I think we should catch up week, weekly and try and keep each other motivated and yeah, yeah. all right, Done. and moving. Um, and then, yeah, whatever, whatever little bits of study we do individually, let's just send it to each other and yeah, keep each other in the loop. Some of those fish are interesting, like um, those um, bite redfish. They look like uh, what are they? What's another name for them? They look like a little nanny guy, don't they? Yeah, they're, they're, um, what do we call them? Here, yeah, you're seeing in caves all the time over here. Mm. They're quite quite small and yeah, they're, they're delicious from all accounts, but you don't bother with them all the time. I think the species list said that like it's like 25 centimeters or something for that. Uh, so I mean, that's a scorer. Like I was, I was looking mm. at that thing, and they're delicious to eat too. I don't know if you've mucked. Yeah, them, absolutely. But they are no. Phenomenal. Trev, you see Trev banging on about them from time to time. He's, he's pretty bluey, so if he thinks they're good, they're definitely worth chasing. That is a, a demersal scale fish too, though. See, so like uh, it's 300 mil minimum size for that. So like if you shoot one, it's not going to be a great score either because… Not a lot of weight, yeah. Nah, so maybe that's probably not um, something we're going to think about. Uh, the, for, for you and I, it might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, beggars can't be choosers, is it? You know, it's like, I guess, like, if you, uh, well, is that the bag limit, though, as well at the moment for demersals? Because, like, yeah. you're only allowed four scoring fish. I'm guessing that's all you're allowed for the day. That's actual. Yeah, so, so it's two, two per person. Yeah. Yeah. Four, so, yeah. so we yeah. can't, sh- we can't just willy nilly. So. so that's like, yeah, that's like, like Ben was saying, I guess you sort of, don't look for them and you get a couple during your trip. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we've got to, and then same with like the larger pelagics. You, you know, you can only have three of those each, so we've got to, we've got to sort of work out a bit of plan. It's hard because we don't know the local area, but we'll work something out. We'll have a, I've got a, we've got a couple of contacts over there. We'll have a yarn to it, come up with a plan of attack. Awesome. All right, brother. Well, mate, it's getting late. Um, awesome to chat with you as usual. If guys want to check out what we've chatted about today, again, go to noobspiro.com forward slash 2024 nationals 
Also, if you're interested in doing this 50-day spear-ready program to get you to make the most of a charter or a competition like what we're doing, um, there'll be some awesome information in there. If you want to sign up, I think it's going to be $29 to get it off the ground and running, but we'd love some feedback and some like legends Basically in there. giving it away. Yeah, we just want people in there like giving feedback, improving it. That way we've got something there that can stand the test of time and, you know, we can rinse and repeat like, oh, sweet, I've got a trip coming up in November to the Coral Sea. All right, I'm going to know I'm going to start this trip in, you know, the end of September and I'm going to be in decent shape when I get out there. So that'll be the whole idea of it. So but round one, we'll just be ironing out the creases, working through some stuff and um, you and me will be road testing it as we go. So if people yep. want to jump in, go to noobspero.com forward slash spear ready. And uh, as usual, Legends, thanks for uh, jumping on for another Noob Spirit podcast. Thanks, mate. All good, Tom. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast, guys. Um, just to reiterate, if you are interested in doing the Spear Ready program, go to noobspirit.com forward slash Spear Ready and sign up. Be part of the beta testing group. It'd be great to get people's feedback and to make this program something that we can rinse and repeat every time we have you know that spearfishing trip of a lifetime coming up. I know I've, I've gone to some places and been incredibly underdone. When I go to WA, I do not want to be Tom C. Anchor. I would like to be able to you know, get out there and swim four or five kilometers and punch out drops and still be able to shoot fish. And going from everyday life to that sort of level of spearing is probably not within reach for me. So definitely some sort of preparations in order. I thought, why not share it with everyone else and see if we can make something really cool that like you, you can buy once, you can rinse and repeat and have something actionable there. You know, you can lock in 50 days out from your event to start the program and that good bit of best. Um, so there'll be three different choices you can make based on how busy the week in front of you is going to be. But awesome having you with us. Uh, ben sounds like an absolute legend. Looking forward to meeting him in WA. If you are going to the Nationals, I hope this episode was uh, helpful to you. As usual, guys, massive thanks to the patron legends putting fuel in the Noob Sparrow engine, uh, keeping this sucker running. It's, if you go to patreon.com forward slash Noob Sparrow, you can join a bunch of other mad frothing legends just helping me get this thing done. Hey guys, as usual, massive thanks for the reviews, sharing the podcast with your mates and friends. It goes way further than you could imagine. And uh, I'm always grateful. Thank you very much. I'll see you in one week. We've got Jaron Rosenberg talking about strength and conditioning and making the most of the spearfishing life. Uh, he's a passionate WA frother as well. So come back in a week and we'll join Jared and uh, hear what he has to say. All good. See you, legends. Are you a vegan? Do you find yourself easily offended? Fuck the tax man is definitely not for you. It's tongue in cheek to the absolute max. This is a fishing brand unlike anything else out there made for our fishing community by Ryan, who is a legend for show just like you and me. Use the code NoobSparrow to score a free hat of your choice at noobsparrow.com forward slash taxman when you spend $100 or more. Flip the lid on self-censorship and get your froth on with Fuck the Tax Man. Again, use the code NoobSparrow to score a free hat of your choice at noobsparrow.com forward slash taxman when you spend $100 or more. Boom. Adreno stocks equipment for noobers. The gear you need for all things freediving and spearfishing. The Adreno spearfishing team froth on helping customers learn about the latest in spearfishing equipment, local diving, upcoming trips and events for Spearos of all levels of experience. There's no ego in there. You're going to meet cool people that love this spearing lifestyle as much as you do. Visit them in store in one of their huge mega stores around Australia. 
chat to one of their friendly team members. Take advantage of the Noob Spiro discount code. Save $20 on every purchase over $200 in-store, online, easy savings. Pump in the code Noob Spiro if you're shopping online or in-store. Mention it's one of their friendly team members and save $20 over $200. That's right. Use the code Noob Spiro in-store. Shop with Adreno, our partner for more than 200 episodes. Buying gear online can be tricky. You ask yourself the same questions. Will it arrive on time? Is it actually what I want? How much is the shipping going to cost? Great news, the name you can trust is Neptonics. Neptonics, solid gear that works. Visit Neptonics, buy tough gear. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10%. That's right, use the code NOOB10, N-O-O-B-10 to save 10% on your order at Neptonics. Just come.